Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or on SoundCloud and get it automatically. You can catch the show on the Stitcher app as well. Like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. My email is Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at MyFirstSketch. So with this weekend comes the final Swedish shows. And as Brian Craig says, they're putting an exclamation point at the end of the sentence. Friday and Saturday, November 17th and 18th at 9 p.m. at the Philly Improv Theater, Swedish will present Swedish, fully accredited. Which brings us to today's guest, Brian Craig, who's currently a member of Secret Pants and Swedish. Now, I went over to Brian's house to record this and we talked for a very long time. So here is a My First Sketch first. A two-part episode. And here's Brian's first sketch, called Vampires. Brian reads the roles of the father and the son. Samantha Russell reads the roles of the mother and the daughter. And I'll give you whatever visual information you need to know. So let's go to the sketch. Nineteen fifties. Father knows best type family coming to breakfast. Opens with a do-da-da-do. Father is reading newspaper and drinking coffee in business suit. Mother's preparing breakfast table in apron, etc. Daughter is eating cereal. Honey, breakfast is ready. The son storms downstairs in a mood. He sits down in front of a plate of food and crosses his arms. Well, son, you better eat up before your food gets cold. Son jumps up, pointing his finger at father. Don't repress me, man. Well, I'll be. Now, now, your father only wants you to have a good start, so you're ready for school. Forget it, Mom. I'm not going to school today. I'm not going ever. But, son, you need to get a good education. Why, Dad? So I can be a slave to the man? Mom, if he's not going to eat it, can I have his waffles? Just eat your food and get ready for school, dear. Well, what are you going to do then, son? I'm going to be, well, I'm going to be a vampire. Oh, a vampire, huh? I hear that pays very well. Don't patronize me, Dad. You don't understand. Son, is it necessary to quit school, though? I mean, I, you couldn't be a vampire on the weekends. Uh, just at least until summer. Well, I never really thought about Can Can I do it after school, too? Only after you finish your homework. As long as you keep your grades up, son, you can be a vampire. Well, all right. I guess that'll be okay. I love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. We love you too, son. Now finish your pancakes or you'll be late for school. Son smiles lovingly at mother and father and eats his food quickly. Mom, can I be a molecular biologist? Of course you can, dear. Now eat your food. Hey, Brian. Hey, Josh. Uh, so, vampires. Mm-hmm. And you said this as after we finished reading. There's no jokes in this. There's literally no jokes. So, I, I don't even know. I think... There was a point in time where, and I still do this, uh, like, I write a sketch thinking, like, the fact that the sketch is a sketch <laughs> is the joke. Like, it's very conceptual. Just, like, it's, like, can, can you believe we're even doing this? Kid wants to be a vampire for his career? It's so absurd. Um, so I, I think that's what I was going after. Mm-hmm. And I still have that problem now where I, it's kind of like a Marshall McLuhan, the media is the message. <laughs> Uh, type of thing where like the, oh the joke is the sketch the sketch is the joke that's right. the joke that's because the, we made a sketch I wrote it that's the first McLuhan yeah. drop of, in the history of this podcast mm-hmm. there may be more you just wait <laughs> um, so where does this idea come from like what um, did you think of vampires <laughs> that feels pretty arbitrary I don't think vampires were very important to me but I definitely watched a lot of like sitcoms growing mm-hmm. up as a kid uh, I kind of grew up on, you know, Nick at Night. Yeah. And old sitcoms. 
so that definitely influenced where this came from. Yeah, because this is like this is very you're at least exploring the tropes of those sitcoms. Exactly. And, like, I mean, and this is entirely the wrong sitcom for what you're like pulling here with Fathers in the Vest. But that when I first read this, when you sent it to me earlier today. For whatever reason, I was thinking Small Wonder. Mm-hmm. Like, just I definitely that, watched a lot of Small Wonder. That nuclear family, family mm-hmm. you know, 2.2 kids or whatever that average is supposed mm-hmm. to be. Like, I definitely saw that in there. So yeah, um, yeah, I watched a lot of like uh, My Three Sons. Mm-hmm. I feel like My Three Sons was more of an influence than Father's Knows Best right. on things I watched as a kid, uh, Leave It to Beaver, that kind of stuff. Um, when was this written? This was written 2004, uh, so 13 years ago. Okay. I was a young, young little man. Still in college? I was still in college. Right. This was my senior year of college. Okay. Uh, it was written for a, and this is going to kind of jumping feet first into the history of Secret Pants. Uh, so this was a class called comedy, a comedy workshop class at Temple uh, in my senior year. It was senior year for about half of the original Secret Pants and then like okay. junior year for the other half. You actually had a comedy class, yeah. like for credit. Yeah, it in was an, it was an elective. We were all, so or most jealous. of us were. Yeah, most of us were um, like communications majors, mm-hmm. uh, BTMM or uh, MFA. Uh, not MFA. Not yeah, not yet at least. Not yet. Uh, Movies. At, MT. No. I don't know your acronyms compared to. I know what I was, and that was BTMM, okay. Broadcast Telecommunications and Mass Media, Temple right. University. Uh, I mean, you can go there if you want. <laughs> I transferred from community college, uh, which is the way I recommend doing it. Uh, yeah, so I did two years at Monco, transferred to Temple, and then this senior year we had a uh, comedy workshop. Uh, it was taught, but taught isn't really the right word. It was led by uh, Rob Stoller who was a documentary filmmaker. I think he still might be. Okay. Um, and it was very freeform. He kind of split the group into three different groups, and he said, all right, we're going to kind of do a Saturday Night Live thing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to split into writers, a group of writers, a group of performers, and then a group of like crew people. Okay. And I was in the group of writers. Was that okay with people? Like... Were, I think you, it would no it was self it was okay. yeah you okay. self selected where you want where you felt your skills Good. or okay. your talent was best to use. Cuz I can just imagine like being assigned mm-hmm. to the wrong category. Just <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to move sandbags around yeah. all day. Set uh, up C stands. So Temple University comedy workshop are secret pants members in the workshop with you? Yes. Well, so what happened was this is pre secret pants. This is right. kind of the Jumping off point for Secret Pants. Right, because Secret Pants didn't happen in college. It it happened after, after after this class happened. Okay. It grew out of this class. So um, there were, I don't know, a dozen of us or so right from the writing group. I was in the writer's mm-hmm. thing. And if you have just heard this <laughs> script, you can tell why I was placed into the writer's group. Because I thought I was a writer. Um, and we, uh, so after class, we would kind of all go to like this little bar or something Mm -hmm. or pizza place i'm not sure we sat around kind of uh shooting the shit um it was almost entirely the writing group uh bryce was in the performers okay and that was about it uh but a bunch of us writers would sit around talking about like movies we like and tv shows we like and we kind of all realized that all of those groups or all of those movies and tv shows those people came from sketch comedy right okay like we traced them all back like hey let's we're, we're having fun doing this let's keep doing this after we graduate okay so the next question that leads to that is how like how do you guys decide like philadelphia at that point to me at least in my knowledge of who i've talked to yeah. and everything is a wasteland it was a wasteland. there was the wild west there was yeah, nothing like, happening uh, there was the Laugh House, right on South Street, doing stand up. Right. But none of us were stand ups, and none of us really went to right. Laugh House. It's Laugh House, uh, yeah. But beyond that, it was just there was a little bit of the internet. This is pre YouTube, mm-hmm. 
Um, so like there were some things online, like QuickTime videos. Uh, and so our idea was really just to create videos. Okay. There was really no place, there was no concept of performing live at that point, and there was nowhere to perform live. Right, because any venue that you would even get into isn't shaped to be a comedy right. venue. So And that was true for probably the first four years. Yeah. We were you're official out of water no yeah. matter where you're we going. We were playing we were doing bar shows a hundred percent. And even if you're getting your friends and family to come, mm -hmm. there's Which, a very real possibility that there's a ton of people that don't want to be there for what you're doing. Oh absolutely. Like, so And and those bar shows generally had we're not set up for performing. Uh, the microphone situations weren't great. We did, we also didn't understand that we needed to have microphones. Like we're playing at our first year, we did like the Kyber, right. uh, back when it was a music venue, and so we were on stage with like we brought all of our friends and family, packed house. We did not use microphones, which was a huge mistake. Uh, so nobody within the first half, beyond the first half of the room, could hear anything that was going on. And then whatever's happening at the bar is going to drown out for Absolutely. Everything, everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was, it, there was nothing going on for the, the, probably the first four years. Yeah, but at the same time, like, and I, one of the, like, if everyone should know, I am a Secret Pants disciple. Like, uh -huh. Secret Pants is how I knew there was comedy in Philadelphia. Like, that was my introduction. I've dealt with most of you in some kind of mentorship. Uh, we tried writer teaching whatever role like or just hot gossiping in the lobbies <laughs> or just the, yeah, yeah just or just hanging out and you know talking smack or mm -hmm. what when it didn't work what did work whatever but i i can't imagine doing it without a centralized like i mean we have fit now we have good good now yeah but being everywhere else in the city or doing you know the Muhlenberg show that yeah, you guys talked show. about mm -hmm. Opening for stand-ups in Atlantic City that uh -huh. we've talked, I've talked with Sam about. Like, I can't understand any of that and how. Yeah, there was there was no there was no script for how to be what we were beyond like books about yeah you know Saturday Night Live or books about Mr. Show or Mr. Show didn't have books yet at that point. There there wasn't a what yeah, what happened hadn't come out yet. Out yet. Yeah, um, I mean you had. And I don't remember the exact timeline now, but Don Montre eventually yeah. had some kind of show a comedy show. Yep. Like there was there was, was a uh, either weekly or monthly thing on Tuesday nights at uh, North Third. Uh, Scott Johnston put it on. I can't remember what the name of the Fancy Pants Fancy Cinema. That's what it was. <laughs> so you could bring uh, you could bring any the video you made. You can come bring whatever it is your it was, art. Your artsy fartsy show. thing. It was a video show. You so, came. Even then, you brought like, it on there's DVD. There's no live, right? So, uh, and eventually, he asked us to host it like as a, a one-off, mm -hmm. and so we brought we did a live show at North Third, um, in addition to you know like playing it, videos and dude, letting everyone yeah, play. Okay. So, like, kind of in between videos, we would do little little skits. Um, so you had mentioned uh, you know Father's Go Father Knows Best, the mm -hmm. old sitcoms TV Land. What was your first impression of comedy growing up? Like, um, really, I watched so much TV as a kid. It's weird looking back and thinking of all the syndicated television yeah. I watched. Uh, like we already mentioned, uh, Small Wonder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, Just the Ten of Us, Sister Kate, that Body by the, the show with Body by Jake. I don't know if you remember I have, that. I have no clue yeah. what that is. I've never heard of that. I yeah, it was called uh, Big Brother Jake. Well, I, I also have never heard of Sister Kate. Sister either. Kate, a very similar show. Uh, it was about an orphanage. Okay. Uh, run by a nun. Okay. Uh, and Millie Vanilli, the only thing I remember about it was there was an episode where the one kid uh, lost something, or like he lost his bike, or got, and, he, and he told uh, Sister Kate, the person running the mm -hmm. orphanage, that it was stolen by some, a gang of thugs or whatever. And so the, they brought the police in, and this kid is lying, and, like, he's just building on top of this lie. Uh, and he, like, he described—they brought in a sketch artist, the police sketch artist. And he—so uh, he, he just describes Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine. Okay. 
and then it escalates to the point where like uh, Millie Vanilli comes to do like a benefit concert at the orphanage in his honor. <laughs> <laughs> and they do uh, blame it on the rain or whatever. And then he finally confesses that he actually lost his bike or something. Okay, so Millie Vanilli, so... So it was, it was probably 89. I want to say 89. Right. Yeah, I was trying to think. All of the, I think all of my memories are from 1989. <laughs> uh, my two dads. I, I, I vaguely remember my two dads. My two dads uh, in syndication. Uh, like, and you're a couple years older than me. Cause, so my, my syndication was like Brady Bunch for a while. Okay. Uh, and this is you know no cable. So it was Brady Bunch. I remember Brady Bunch. I remember bits and pieces of Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then like... The '90s things came into syndication. Yeah, so like your Full Houses, your a lot Family of full, Matters, yeah. like, a lot of Full House, a lot of Family Family Matters, anything on TGIF. Step by step, like, like early TGIF is like because my if, sweet if spot. I remember correctly, the step, one channel was basically like TGIF Daily, and then the other channel was The Simpsons, Seinfeld. Yeah, that block. so I by that point once I was I was probably like early high school. I'm I'm watching and taping. The back to back to back to back mm-hmm. Simpsons Seinfeld Simpsons Seinfeld, uh, and then just rewatching those VHS tapes. I don't think I ever taped any of the Simpsons. You should well, have. I should have. You should have. But then at the same time, I've gotten all the. I mean, DVDs I haven't gone back and out. watched them. But uh, like when I was a kid, sure. I taped all the SNLs. That was my mm-hmm. big like SNL from like '98 to '03 or something. Yeah. I think I most of the VHS. I, I don't really have a memory of staying up late and watching them. So my memory of. Um, Saturday Night Live, and if I can just sidetrack real quick, um, so when I turned six, 15, 16, uh, once I got of age to get a job, mm-hmm. I got a job, got a girlfriend, got a car, Okay. <laughs> in that order, uh, no, no, yeah, that in that order, order. yeah, That's fine. and that was kind of, that set my path for the rest of my life as a codependent person <laughs> who is, I don't, in fact, this, I'm kind of bragging, but I don't think I've been single for more than like one year combined. So you're like a since, serial monogamous. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Like I'm a long, I'm Mr. Long Term. <laughs> um, so in high school, I had a girlfriend and after we, I had a car and a parking spot. She was a year younger than me. So I was a senior. She was a junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would come home from school, uh, hang out on the couch, spoon a little bit while we watch a <laughs> uh, cartoon, uh, I'm sorry, a, a Comedy Central. Uh, they would play, so this is late, nine, this is like 98, 99, mm-hmm. uh, and they would play like early to mid 90s SNLs. So those are yeah. my SNLs. Okay. Like, so my, my sweet spot of SNL is those reruns that they played. From Comedy Central. So okay. that's, you know, Phil Hartman, Chris Farley, uh, David Spade, the, yeah, the, Adam the Sandler, Sandler yeah. era, yeah. yeah. So who's your favorite? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say I'm gonna have to go with Chris Farley. Okay. From why, that. From like that. Why? Period. Why him more than? I just have a very distinct cast. memory of that. The I guess it's the Gap Girls mm-hmm. sketch, and him doing the the, the girly thing, and then go. Uh, Doing that switch. And then doing the switch. Lay off me. Lay off me, I'm starving. Yeah. Yeah. Lay off me, I'm starving is, like, that's, I think, what won me over Chris Farley. It's literally just that line, lay off me, I'm starving, that switch. Because I I know that sketch you're talking about, and I don't think, I don't know if I've ever seen that full sketch. I don't, I can't remember the full sketch. All I can remember is that line. A clip show where, when I start watching Saturday Night Live, there was a clip show, I think it was like the Bad Boys of Saturday Night Live or something, and they just did, like, snippets, like, you know, they did full sketch, full sketch, full mm-hmm. sketch, and there was like a montage of just like minute long snippets, and that was a snippet. Yeah, I was like, okay, so that's a thing. Oh, Chris Farley's funny there, but there's no context for me. Like, I didn't know Gap was a thing in that sketch. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it just yeah. it was like, oh, diet starts yeah. Monday. Like, that's it. That's yeah. all My I mall didn't have a gap. Now that you mention it, it's funny <laughs> that you mention it. My mall did not have a gap. Um, I'm, st- I'm trying to think, like. Uh, because I know there was a sketch, and I think it's the only Gap Girl sketch I've ever seen. Uh, well, okay, I might be convoluting two sketches because uh-huh. they're definitely two different hosts. Uh, Sarah Gilbert from Roseanne okay. is working at a donut place, and she's making fun of them. Okay, she's the adversary. And then there's another one where Alec Baldwin is David Spade's boyfriend. 
Okay. And they've caught him cheating, and he's just lying his way in a circle. Like, okay, yeah. They're the two that I can like kind of grasp, but I don't remember more of it. Right. Yeah, I don't remember much of it beyond just that. And I, again, I was doing some smooching at the time, <laughs> so. So, <laughs> so Chris. So Farley. forgive me for not remembering. See, sometimes when I ask that question, and since you've listened to every, like, you're one of my. Mm-hmm. People's, it's not reflected in what I've become. surprise me. Yep. And that surprises me. Because I think of Chris Farley as this big, mm-hmm. bombastic, you know, like... Uh, well, I think you can see parts of, like... Like, if you're looking at me doing Fastball Pitcher Bob Gutierrez, you can see... That's you? You can see, you can see <laughs> Matt Foley, right? Yes. You can definitely see you, bits of Matt Foley that, in, a, in a motivational speaker. That character... Uh, yeah, the way you inhabit a character like that is very reminiscent of some of his characters, right. for sure. And at the time, I like all the Adam Sandler movies were big for me. Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, big right. for me. Um, I think what cha- the the mo- I think the movie that turned me around was probably seeing on VHS uh, Rushmore. That's when that's I the, that's when I took okay. my turn. Uh, seeing Rushmore, and then a little later on. Hitting the Christopher Guest, so, in, so you've hit that instead of the the dude bro right that's comedy that comes from Farley Spade Sandler. Yes, I was definitely into it at that at the right at the age that it was written for. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Rushmore and then Christopher Guest because now, now I'm trying to remember my own timeline of the Anderson movies. I don't know why mm-hmm. I was like 15 when it came out. But Royal Tenenbaums sure. was massive to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why 15-year-old well, Josh was... It, it had all those people that you knew from other, like Ben Stiller from all the... I haven't seen any of the other ones. Like, okay. Royal Tenenbaums was my introduction to Wes Anderson. Like, right. But like, like that's... It's a good touchstone because it's got Bill Murray, who you know from other, sure. okay, from yeah, Groundhog yeah, Day and, you, and Ghostbusters. And you know Ben Stiller from, I'm guessing at that point, Zoolander or seeing maybe the Ben Stiller show, that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and Gwyneth Paltrow, I imagine you knew Just her head. Just won the Oscar her head two years from, ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, like... Her head in a box. <laughs> she won for <laughs> head in a box. I probably was too young to, no, see, you to may, know that You one. may not have known that one at that yeah. point. But it definitely had people you recognized from other things mm. in, a th- in a movie that... Had a completely different milieu. Right. Um, God, Gene Hackman and uh, Angelica Houston and Danny Glover. Danny Glover, who I loved from yeah. uh, Angel in the Outfield. Yeah. It, yeah. I was big Angel that in the Outfield. Scene in fact, was... every baseball movie, <laughs> Angels in the Outfield. Well, in the uh, early 90s, there were tons yeah, there was, of baseball movies. Rook, oh, and speaking, going back, to, going back to fastball pitcher Bob Gutierrez for a second, uh, I can't understate how much I stole from David Stern and Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Uh, it's a little embarrassing to to like catch that on TV and like, oh no, oh. what have I done? Everybody knows. <laughs> He's stuck between the two doors. I've never <laughs> made that leap, so I don't think everybody yeah, knows. That's all right. You're out it now, yeah. but <laughs> as long as I don't say funky butt loving on stage, <laughs> I think I'm safe. Now we have to figure out a way <laughs> to make sure you to say get funky it. butt loving on. <laughs> Okay, so did he, did fastball put your bomb through here or just say funky butt loving? And that will be a joke only for me when you ever do it. Like I'll just be like, yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Um, uh, when you, the kid, the the twins manager, the kid was a twins manager. Um, uh, go back to Cincinnati is my favorite line from that movie. Uh, uh, major no little big, little big league. Little, yeah, little big league. Because the pitcher. Because you had no, little that big was league, league rookie of the year. Sandlot, Sandlot, of course, like, uh, and the major league movies, which major are leagues, which were different. A little before, yeah, it's not that wasn't targeted at yet, us. Right. Yeah, uh, wasn't targeted at me and my brother. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw Rookie of the Year in the theaters, and I want to say like Little Big League was a little bit later, and I was like, oh, I, I'm too old for that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I'm, and I was like, oh, <laughs> so whatever. I didn't see Rookie of the Year in the theater, but I remember my brother going to see whatever that like. Kid in King Arthur's Court. Uh, <laughs> my bro- my younger brother went to go see that, and I feel like I was like, I'm too old I, to I, go see. I think I was also kid in King that. Arthur's Court. Um, yeah. Syndication. A lot, yeah, a lot of TV. Uh, uh, Nick at Night was huge in my house. Uh, once TV Land happened, big big mm-hmm. thing. I was watching uh, 
Uh, oh, okay, so sketch comedy, right? Yeah. Uh, the Flip Wilson <laughs> show. That was, was that huge. like on that, the TV very land? beginning of TV Land. Wow. I was introduced to the Flip Wilson show. Uh, the Devil Made Me Do It with Geraldine. Okay. Uh, George Carlin coming on, being the hippy dippy weatherman. Uh, right, because I mean that was his. Yeah. Yeah. I so didn't that was that was on Flip Wilson. That's where I was exposed to it. Uh, so that was a big deal to me. My dad loved uh, the Waltons, so I have a hu- I have a big uh, like amount of Waltons knowledge in my head, which is weird. Um, in fact, uh, Chris Dolan made a Waltons joke on Facebook the other day. I'm like, this I feel like this is written for me. I get this joke. Like, um, uh, yeah. So I watched a lot of TV. Watched a lot of like just sitcoms with my family. Like uh, yeah. Newhart. Newhart was my Bob Newhart. Like those those that's wacky brothers. One? That was the second one okay, at, the, the... at the New England Hotel. Yeah, okay. The bed and breakfast. Uh, and it's great. I love it. I'll watch that again. I, I, I'll watch I, it again today I in a minute. I vaguely remember. Like, that would be something I, I probably want to revisit. Mm-hmm. It's on some one of those I, off channels. I have to like go through those like off me channels. T- it might be yeah. like MeTV or like 17. And figure out what, what's on what they, and just start paying They attention. play some fun. Like they, they play Newhart. They play the Bob Newhart show, which I hadn't. I've never seen. I never. I hadn't really show. seen. I'd seen like clips. I knew yeah. like the finale. Yeah. Um, I knew the finale of Newhart. Yeah. Uh, but they also show my two dads to come back okay. to that, uh, which is why I'm suddenly more well versed in it than I remember. <laughs> um, I've been going in because the one channel has Laugh In. Okay. Yeah. And I've been just. Like, my world stops when yeah. it's on. Cause... You sit down and you say, why is this happening? And, and what like, in the world were they doing? And Laugh In is so. So racist, so often. Like yeah. it's terrifying that yeah. in the late sixties that was okay. <laughs> where you know there would be pitchforks and Twitter would be a, a flame. Oh, for sure. With some of these characters, it's just craziness. And um, uh, what else did I watch? A lot of uh, you know the the big Who's the Boss? Cheers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Seinfeld when it was on. I watched Seinfeld when it was on reruns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seinfeld. Pretty big. What I didn't watch uh, here, you'll probably know where I'm coming from with this because you were raised religious. I yeah. was not allowed to watch The Simpsons uh, for years. For I wasn't long. allowed to watch MTV uh, or VH1. I had to sneak it. I was I got very good with the remote of hitting the back channel when I heard my parents walk in the room. <laughs> uh, it's a, it took a while for me to be allowed to watch Simpsons, and I think it became the, the yeah. syndication. Once it became syndication, it and was, there, it was hard to yeah. Hard to keep when us was, away when from it. Was around it. more often, but yeah, yeah. So I did not watch The Simpsons for the first however many years, and then I just kind of binged on those reruns. So, at what point in your television viewing and your fandom is it like? Is this something I could do? Like when? Is it not until college? Yeah. Or I never thought there's I no could, aspiration no. as a kid to do this. Even like seeing one, even when Comedy Central came into my house, which, going back to watching TV at, um, at my girlfriend's house, mm-hmm. our house, whatever the cable package was, package. we did not get Channel 70 or, <laughs> or 72, so we didn't get Comedy Central, we didn't get, uh, I guess FX was 72. Okay. Uh, we did get, um, I think E was on either 69 or 71, and it was very, like, uh, very snowy. Okay. Um, cable was weird. Cable was it's weird crazy to 90s. think how far cable has advanced in, in our lifetime. Years. It's yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Um, so it wasn't until college and taking this class. Yeah. Why? Why did you take this class? Um, you know, what? I was a, f- I was a weird, I was a weird funny kid. Like through, as a kid, like as a kid, kid, and like through high school, mm-hmm. I was never the class cl- clown. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, I had a wry sense of humor, my mom used to say. Um, like, I was always the kid, I was never the kid making jokes for the class, but I was the kid making jokes for the kid next to me. Right. Like, my audience was always right. one. Okay, yeah, And yeah. so, like, I, and still to this day, like, sitting next to me in, like, as you know, Josh, sitting next to me in a theater while we're watching a not very good sketch show, uh, I, you know, we'll little comments. Find, we will find enjoyment. Yes. Yeah. I I can I can make some I can say something very funny under my breath (laughs) for one person and it's gold. Uh, Any louder than that, I'm an asshole. (laughs) But very subtly under my breath for one person, I'm a pretty funny guy. Absolutely. And that 
since I was a kid. Uh, I was always, I was never the class. I was always a very good student. I was always afraid of uh, getting in trouble. I was afraid of missing classes. Like I, I never took a. I was. Very much I was. I was um, perfect. I was Mr. Perfect Attendance through Not so much up me, until but... middle school because I was afraid I was going to miss something and fall behind, and I was terrified <laughs> of it. Um, I was I was the oldest kid. I don't know if we've established that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> me being a control freak comes from me being the oldest child mm. in a crazy house of kids. Uh, I was the oldest of five altogether, but my family was a foster family. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, and so, so there was, was a constant, more. a constant churn of like uh, ne'er do well kids coming through the house, and a lot of like behavior, like not to not to their fault, right. but a lot of them had beha- behavioral issues, and like uh, my my mo- I remember my mom having like sticker charts for kids constantly just for behavior stuff. Yeah, and like there was a part of me that was like, it got like very frustrated that like. I, I should be reward. I should be rewarded sure. for being good all the time. Yeah. Like he's getting stickers, but then the other part of me, I'm like, what? It's just stickers. What the? I don't get. What do I care? <laughs> Why do I care about stickers? Stickers mean nothing. Um, and so yeah. So my childhood was like a lot of kids in the house, and having having to be the kid that you don't have to worry about. Yeah. And so it wasn't necessarily an authority thing. It was a, I'm going to be the best behaved one. Right. Because there's so much other yeah. things happening. Okay. I went, I and and I was always praised for like I was you know oh you're such a good boy you're a clean plater and that's part of eating issues that I have to this day <laughs> of being being praised for being a clean plater. I can't let uh, I can't let, let food just sit on. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I can't throw food away. Okay. Josh, I can't throw food away. Put, I have to finish. Put less on the plate. <laughs> Let's uh, have smaller plates. Is also, also good. It's also a good also idea. Correct. Uh, yeah. Sound strategies. So, like, the, those, like, being praised as a kid is a thing that kind of kicks you on the other end when you become an adult. Yeah. Uh, when you're like, oh, I have to, I have to be good. I have to be good. I have to clean my plate. I have to do this. I have to do that. And you get a little, you get a little weird uh, as an adult. Um, that's the thing I'm alright with. So, so now that you're a clean plater as an adult, you're also yeah. like t- getting your validation and praise. For clean. comedy and like, uh, oh, we're bringing it back like, to comedy. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were having a therapy session. <laughs> you're, we're not laying down on the couch, like, uh, I don't know. I don't... Josh, I know what the question is going to be. Why do you do comedy? <laughs> and I'll tell you, that's last. The reason I do last comedy. Two. <laughs> the reason I do comedy is because I got to work all this shit out. <laughs> I got to work through all this uh, control issues. Okay. Um, go ahead. So we're back to Temple. Yeah. Back to this class. I'm a uh, members of Secret Pants are there, and I'm you very are good student. Conti- continuing. <laughs> In fact, we're. We, I think the four of us that graduated that year, of which I think I'm the only one who's still an active member of Secret Pants, we all were cum laude's. Okay. We all sat together. Pants we're all very good. We're all very good students. Is that like overachiever? Is that what we? It's. That, I don't know. Is that what it's called? I'm not. I'm not going to take offense. Or like. Yeah, yeah, we were definitely nerds. <laughs> um, so Secret Pants begins Wild West. The city isn't ready for comedy venue-wise. Yeah. We're doing videos. We're meeting weekly uh, at Temple. Because <laughs> some, of, some of us were, st- we're like, still, like, half in- of us were still in there. Mm-hmm. So we could go into, like, the lobby or, like, get an empty room and meet there. The 13 of you start. Yeah. We're all writing terrible sketches. <laughs> uh, n- we had no concept of editing at that point. How much of the early stuff is... How much of it was first drafts? Available. All of it. Well, all of it was I'm first saying drafts. still available. Like, <laughs> how much digging do I have to do to find? Uh, there's, I mean, a lot of our sketches are still on YouTube. We kind of came into being as YouTube was coming into mm-hmm. being. So we were, in fact, when Apple podcast, like before podcasting was like a word, yeah. Apple started doing their Apple iTunes podcasting, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we were in on the ground floor of that. And for a while, we were one of the top-rated comedy podcasts uh, of just putting our live video, our, our, or just putting our videos up on. Right, because for a while, and I don't know if they still do, but for a while, podcast there was a video component mm-hmm. available. Yep. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I imagine you probably could still do it, right? I, if you know. wanted to, are they going to not let you put a video on? I don't know. I'm sure you. I don't know. 
There's one way to find out, Josh. We'll figure it out. You later. and me. We're gonna make a video version. We're of this, bringing it back. Of this goofy. We're podcast. bringing the video back. Uh, all right. So, Secret Pants. Um, as the advent of Fit and other venues in the city happen. Yeah. Because uh, when I first get a, when I first get into Philadelphia comedy and start seeing things. Secret Pants was always a part of Chip Show of Chip's mm-hmm. One Man Show. Chip's One Man Show, and that kind of, that came out of that came out of the va- the vacuum of Die Actor Die. So where you were never I've never you'd seen never Die seen Die Actor Die. That was at the Kyber originally uh, as kind of a variety show. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had Don Montreal? Yes. Okay, because that was the, <sighs> where actors would write things, and that was the original concept. Yeah, of it. yeah, and. A lot of the early shows in original Philadelphia, concept, the original concept got involved in something else because we uh, kind of took over. <laughs> <clears throat> we kept showing up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that chip kind of took over that slot at Kyber, mm. and then that, and then he kind of jumped over to fit when Kyber stopped doing shows. Right. <clears throat> um. But yeah, we had we. We have been friends with Chip since, I guess, since he pretty much started doing it. We kind of we both met via Don Montre's uh, Die Actor Die, mm-hmm. and in fact, a lot of the stand up and sketch community came together that way. Yeah, that was a show for that to converge. Yeah. So like. like that that era of stand ups, like the your Chip Chantries, your Aaron Herzog, Joey Doherty, Baby Joey Doherty was around then. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Kennedy, like, uh, we all became very close friends with all of them, just socially, and, like, we'd hang out, and, and uh, Megan Rob came out, then we met them at, in fact, I, I was the only one from Secret Pants that saw them perform at Die, Actor Die, and I took my younger brother uh, to go with, that's the only time I think he's ever, it's the second time, it was the first <laughs> of two times I ever got my brother to come out to see a comedy show. Hmm. Uh, I took him to see... Um, die actor die at the Kyber, and Megan Robinson. How'd that show. go? Like, oh well, well. He, but yeah. that's still the only time. Yeah, he's just uh, he's he's got his suburban life. <laughs> I, it's all right. I understand. That's fine. It's hard to get people out. It's certainly hard to get people from this because I work in the suburbs. I live in the suburbs, yeah. and like you tell people at work, like, oh, I got a comedy show. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Hey, tell us next time you're doing it near here. <laughs> Oh, oh, never. Yeah, yeah okay, I'm probably not cool. going to do a show in Lansdale or North Wales, but I'll <laughs> let you know if I ever do. No problem. Next time I'm in uh, we'll add that Hatborough the, Horsham. We'll add that to the list. Video podcast, show in Lansdale. <laughs> yes. Just keep going. Just check that off. Um, so Secret Pants, yeah. uh, Brian begins to teach at FIT. Right. Uh, Sam eventually becomes director. director of Paul taught it. Paul's a Paul's a teacher and a director. Director, you you would like. I didn't know who you were at like, sure. for a while. No, that's kind of I like it that way. Uh, can, you to were, be completely honest, you with were you. the unknown. Yeah, because I knew also Bryce through professional wrestling. Yeah. Like that was his side project. Mm-hmm. You just had secret pants until Swedish came along. That's true to me. Like yeah, and uh, part of that is just me being. I don't know what the best word for it. Introvert? Uh, introvert? I don't know if it's... I don't like... Let me see if I can phrase this the best. I, so in high school, I like a lot of my friends were in punk bands. And so like I kind of developed that DIY attitude of like... Okay. Uh, you know, do it yourself. Uh, um, and so like I didn't like the idea of you know, working for somebody else. Okay. Like if I'm gonna put on a show, I'm gonna do it in my own show. We'll have Which a we'll have a show in a bar. Kind of makes sense with yeah. festival pitcher. Like sure, you have a costume. You can quickly go into that voice. Turn into a completely can, different person. Yeah, like and not and turn that's it entirely off. on you. And yeah. I I really liked disappearing um, into like being invisible. I like being invisible. Mm. Um, and I mean going back to it. Uh, as my childhood, like I, I don't, I don't like being the center of attention, uh, but I do like getting the credit. Does that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's a strange dichotomy. Like like I, I love being like helping someone do a thing, like doing a prop or something for sure. one of the house teams or something. Like creating a prop, 
and then just sitting in the audience quietly being completely nondescript and like hearing someone be like, oh, that prop was pretty cool. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you, but you're not gonna go like, like yeah. I'm not gonna tell anyone that I did it, but knowing that someone, okay. someone is okay. appreciating the thing that I did is validating for me. Okay. I like that validation, but I don't need it to be said face to face. Right, exactly. You're yeah. totally okay with just overhearing yeah. praise. I love overhearing praise. <laughs> overhearing praise is great. It's a highly underrated uh, thing. Uh, Swedish is ending its run shortly. Uh, what? <laughs> There's advertisement. It's true. I don't know, like, it's true. We're uh, we're putting an exclamation point at the end of the sentence. Yeah. Um, Swedish is the only group that survived out of the Iron Sketch show. That's true. And I've also I've been a vocal fan of the Iron Sketch process and everything that it entails. And we appreciate it. It hasn't gone unnoticed. And if you go through a bunch of the old episodes of this, a lot of the people I've talked to start with Iron Sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, they dip their toe in. Yeah. Like. And I remember you were picked, and at Iron Sketch is actually what got me back in because Julia tells me, "Hey, I'm doing this." Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Craig is my mentor, and I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> that guy doesn't do anything." And I was like, "Wait, how did you get Brian Craig? That's not yeah. fair!" Like, so going back to you asking me why don't I ever do anything at Fit, <laughs> uh, I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to be held to whatever Fit's standards mm-hmm. are. Uh, I'm like I. If I'm told, like, from being a kid, if I'm told you have to do this, then I feel like I'm being put into a box and I'm mm-hmm. pushing back. So do a show where so, you're told to do this. Right. And so if I have to stick to a certain thing, then I'm I'm, I'm immediately on the defense. Mm-hmm. And so everybody else has had their, their dip their toe into uh, fit. Uh, and so I resisted... Uh, well, I've never been asked. <laughs> I mean, I, I also kind of project this, uh, this thing. Just don't where, yeah, like, I, you, I'm, I'm not going to, like, I've never been asked to be a director, <laughs> but also the answer is going to be no. no. Well, the answer would be no thank you. Right. The answer would be no thank you. You're going to be polite about it. It'd be it, nice to be asked. It would be nice to be asked. But the answer is going to be no thank you. Uh, and so uh, Bryce and Brian Kelly were starting this uh, Iron Sketch thing, mm. which I thought was a great idea. It's a terrific idea. I, I wish... There was, I wish it continued because I, I really like the idea of it makes complete sense in a business sense of you're crank you're you're turning all these people through uh, as students and then you at some point you don't have to sell me at, on this <laughs> but for your listeners for your listeners who may not know what uh, Iron Sketches for whatever reason they've not listened to any other episode uh, but I, I, I to their credit to Brian Kelly and and Bryce's credit. It's a great idea mm-hmm. of have of being like that middle stepping stone. Absolutely. That middle stepping stone is crucial in sketch Absolutely. comedy in and the city. Uh, I think the first time Swedish shows up in Iron Sketch, I think it's like the second episode, like the second time that the show has happened, I think. Um there might have been one before you as a test or cuz I think <sighs> but anyway, you guys do it. I don't know if that's true. Your timeline might be you may have come on we'll when have you to, heard about we'll it. We'll have to. Um, but yeah. yeah, so Brian Kelly and Bryce asked me to do it. And mm-hmm. I went, ah. I also have a hard time saying no to my friends. That, that's, and I fully understand that that's going to be why you why do this. Is because Bryce and... Like, like I'm, I think I said to Samantha, I'm like, I hope they don't ask me. Because I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to be in charge of anyone. I don't want to... Uh, Make I don't want to make any new friends. God knows I don't want to make new friends. I do not want to make new friends. And I'm like, as long as they don't ask me, we're cool. But if my friends say, "Hey, could you help us do this?" Say, How much I'm arm like, twisting does it take? Like, damn it! If you use the word "help" and "can you," uh, I have a hard time saying no to my friends. Um, I hope nobody who's booking shows uh, is listening right now. Because if list number four, I'd love to have you on our show. Can you just help us out? We're having a hard time. Like, oh, damn it. I don't want to, but since you're nice. So Swedish is, uh, you're you're asked to be the mentor director, even though I believe you very publicly said, don't call me that. Oh, yeah. I don't like the word mentor. You you were just like, I'm part of this group. We're we're working together here. And that just, that goes back to Secret Pants. Like, we are... Uh, we're each one fifth of a group. Yeah, we're not. Nobody's at the head of anything. We're all equal. 
and you don't see writing credits on anything. You don't see credits on anything because credits are, unless for some weird reason they're joke credits, right. uh, you don't see credits because Secret Pants wrote Secret Pants. the whole yeah. thing. Secret Pants directed it. Secret Pants wrote it. And I brought that same aesthetic to Swedish when I uh, reluctantly agreed to be the quote-unquote mentor. Because <laughs> um, the, the word mentor feels so weird. Like, I know I have, like, experience. You, you definitely were. Like, I've been around for a while. Like, I've been experienced and... Um, but I don't want to, I, I don't feel like I'm better than anyone. I, well, I mean, I do. That's not true. <laughs> As the guy who sits next to me in a lot of shows uh, and is a very judgy I person, uh, you know that I do think I'm better than people, but I don't feel like I'm... You don't uh, want everyone I don't, else to know that. I'm not a teacher. I don't want to, okay. like, I don't want to, I don't want to tell people what to do. You want to keep all the wisdom to yourself. Right. I, and that's true. Don't want to impart anything. <laughs> in, in as much as I have wisdom, I don't... Uh, <laughs> I have experience. I don't know that I have wisdom. I, I, I do have experience. That's fine. Um, but I don't know that I can teach that. Right. And I don't know if I did teach that. Now that we're coming, we're three and a half years into it, um, I like I start a lot of sentences in Swedish like, here's how I would do it. Right. Uh, I don't know if it's but right. Don't you think? I don't know if it's wrong, but here's how I would hold do it. some weight. It's nice to think that. Yeah. Um, and it probably does. But I don't like myself enough to say that it's... And a lot of times I'm not right. A lot of times I'm like, hey, here's how I would do it. Uh, but this is kind of a... Uh, and then after yeah. saying it out loud, I'm like, all right, that was kind of dumb. Yeah. Let's see how we can make this different. Uh, so you get assigned to this group, uh, Julie Hudson. Julie Hudson. I'm going to screw up his last name because I always do Eric. Eric Soika. So, okay, it's just Soy. Okay. Bobby uh, Lang, who everybody was... except for me knew. Uh, very popular man. He's he was I mean bigger he, name he in was the a, improv. He was a who's scene. who in the improv yeah. scene. And then uh, and then Mara Pennington. Yeah, two of those people no longer live on this side of the country. They live on the other side of the country, which makes they are in the Pacific Time Zone. A quintet difficult. Yeah, when two of them are no longer available. Right. It, the nice easily like that. The nice part about 2016 2017 is that technology has advanced to the point where sure. we can have Skype sessions. You can have a video but person. it's it's I mean there's only so much you can do on the other side of the country in terms of like getting props together or coordinating or putting a show together on top of the fact that I am a control freak and so like I I am the person I I will I'll make the props. I will yeah. be the one putting the tech together. I'll be doing this. I'll be like I put that on myself and it's it's a stupid thing, and it, again, it goes back to Secret Pants, where we're a group of control freaks, mm -hmm. and we uh, are perfectionists, and we're control freaks, and we want everything to be right. Is there ever an issue with Secret Pants where like one of you has the prop and makes it, and someone else is like, that's not what I was thinking? Is the... Okay, yes. so the eyes in this room right now, like between yeah. Sam hanging no, no, out. for sure. Like, yeah. Do I ever get frustrated that someone made a prop that's oh or, or picked up something that's not what I would hope it, is not what I was picturing in my head? Right. Do, does that make me frustrated? Sure. <laughs> sure. Of course it does. Do you bring a second one then show the, the show like, oh, let's hide this one and put this one out? And... Sometimes you have to kind of eat that. You have to eat your your frustration. Sometimes. It just uh, it works out in rehearsal that like this one thing isn't working out, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it, it, it becomes a conversation. <laughs> it doesn't often come become a conversation. Uh, it's, a lot of times you gotta kind of eat your yeah yeah uh, yeah harmony of the group and sure. like whatever you want to call it. So Swedish uh, is very the the first that I see. Like and there's a competition aspect to Iron Sketch. Yeah, and even oh, I, I, kinda... I hate the competition. Everyone does. But whatever. Here's the thing. I don't. I don't mind. I don't. I don't enter comp. Like I don't. I'm not a big. I'm not like a. I am like I like baseball. Yeah. I'm a baseball guy, but I'm not like a competitive guy. I'm not competitive in almost any sense. But I don't like losing. Like, I don't enter competitions because I don't give a shit about competitions. But if I'm in a competition, I if want I to... If I happen to show I, up in if, a competition. If I have to be in a competition, I don't want to lose. Oh, God. Anyway. I can't lose. <laughs> but I was about to say... I like, will not lose. Within the competition aspect, yes. Swedish, the first time I saw Swedish that first night, clearly the best. Oh, thank Clearly you. the best 15-minute set yeah. of the three that I saw that night. And then you guys move on. Oh, it, was the, ten, it was 10 minutes that first round. 
It was ten what? minutes the first two rounds. They I changed don't, I don't it. Remember. I, don't uh, I remember it very well because <laughs> it was it was uh, a daunting task of making ten minutes. I just uh, remember. We were, so we were five people. I think you brought this up on when you interviewed Julia, and she didn't know. Here's the thing I did that she didn't know. Um, so I told them, and she mentioned this part. She told I told them, all right, we're gonna meet on. And uh, we met July fourth. I'm sorry, July first, two thousand fourteen. I said. Uh, here's our prop. Come up with just a list of ideas. Don't write any sketches. Just come with a list of ideas. We'll throw them around. We'll kind of bounce them around. I knew that uh, with four people writing a show uh, and only having ten minutes, one of those people, one of those sketches was not going to get in. Very well, yeah. And so I wanted all four of them to feel like they had a hand in creating all four of the sketches. Okay. So we created that sh- that that ten minute set together. Like we bounce ideas around. We're uh, like joke. We're doing like the writers' room joke punching up mm-hmm. stuff, and so everyone had a an ownership of everything. Mm. Um, I don't remember where. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> so where were we heading with that? I, I cut you off. I don't remember. We were in the now. middle of. Ugh. See, okay, and then my awfulness. You you can say come with ideas. Don't write anything. Guess what? I've written three of those ideas already. Like that's <laughs> that's just my awfulness and like. <laughs> I would have come in with that. Uh, well, Bobby, Bobby Bobby couldn't make that first meeting, so he uh, he sent a sketch in. Okay. Uh, and so like, oh, God damn it, Bobby! <laughs> you broke the rules already. You, broke, you already did break the rules. But we did punch we punched the heck out of that. It was yeah. the sandwich sandwich sketch. Okay. The, with the puppet, and so it was a good idea. It didn't have a lot of. We added a lot of elements to it. Uh, we added all the puns to it, mm-hmm. uh, which was which eventually became a bit of a uh, signature the, for us. They're, yeah, they're, uh, I think that's where I was getting to. The the signatures of Swedish to me are there's always a pun heavy. Sure, we have one pun. He- we try to do at least one heavily punny there's, sketch, which is just there's the been grown. a bunch of puppets. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's it's every show, but there's been a bunch of puppets, yeah. and you still have that secret pants full full costume, full prop. Yeah. I don't know Full how to, I don't know how to do it any other way. That's really what that comes down to. Right. That secret pants thing. I only know one way to do sketch. Mm-hmm. I I appreciate minimalist sketch. I if you're doing like a stylized very and I know you brought this oh, up before. Like you're we're never gonna see Brian Craig and just all black just coming out. I, I just the same I don't know how to do it. Yeah. It doesn't. I can't. Yeah. Those wires aren't connected that way. <laughs> I can't do that. Like I if it's done. I've seen it done very well. Yeah. And I appreciate the heck out of. It being done very well. I've seen it done very lazily, and I've told the person next to me. <laughs> I'm sure we've had. Those I've, I've driven asides. home in a car and told my told Samantha how much it annoyed me, how lazily it was done. Uh, just the least amount of effort. If you're gonna go, either go one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, like I'm not like, hey, every prop has to be a prop, uh, but. Like every, if you're gonna mime a thing, have a thing instead of miming it. If you're gonna be typing on a typewriter, have a real type. Like that's if you're gonna do a stylized, yeah. very minimalist thing, that's cool with me, as long as you just commit all the way to it. I think when I talked to Sam, your your example, Sam, was if you're eating something on a plate in a dinner table, have stuff on the plate. Like yeah. or if you're or if you're saying it out loud. Reference what's on the plate and it's not what's right. in yeah. your plate. Like yeah. I've had people Doesn't reference make, yeah. one thing. They're eating something and they reference something else. Yeah. And it's just like It makes no sense to me why you wouldn't say if you're holding a piece of whatever like if you're holding uh <laughs> pirate's booty in your hand, say pirate's booty. Don't say nachos. Don't say I'm eating nachos if I'm eating pirate's food. This doesn't make any sense. This is a real. This is definitely a real conversation that we've had. I'm trying yes, to remember. We probably had this conversation several times. I think it's got specificity to it, Josh. That is. I'm, I'm trying to remember what it is, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Uh, <laughs> I may have had this off, conversation with everyone that was on stage <laughs> when this happened. So don't feel bad. You if you may not have seen it in the audience, but it's a thing that actually happened. Um, so see, Swedish moves on, for, and there's a there's a tournament aspect to this show. Yeah, you come back to for semifinals, and you actually what happened between the first round and the second round. Um, and so, like I said, uh, I knew that one person's sketch wasn't going to get in. Yeah. Uh, and so we had three sketches in that first iron sketch, which was prop table. Um, yeah. And I knew, even though we were all had a, an ownership of every sketch, one of those person's sketches 
the person that typed it did not get their sketch in. Uh, and that first, uh, that first show was Mars sketch, did not get in. And so between the first sketch and the second sketch, there was a um, theme show that happened. It was a Halloween theme show. It was in October. Right. It was actually uh, October 10th of 2014. <clears throat> and I only remember that is because uh, uh, Eric and I were both going to be out of town for that okay. for that show. So um, I kind of gave... The, I did say... I said earlier that I don't like teaching, but <laughs> here's a lesson that I did teach them. Write to your limitations. Mm-hmm. And so right, the fact that I knew... We had some time leading up to it, uh, and we knew that Eric and I weren't going to be there. Let's figure out a way to use the fact that Eric and I aren't there, and that's when we wrote the magic mirror sketch right and that's and th- one of the things that's that... another hallmark of that i totally forgot about earlier is your interaction with technology yeah which became a necessity when two people moved right. across the country and it was it started as a necessity it started as a necessity because eric and i weren't gonna be there yeah and every time it happens it's because it's a necessity and it became a that necessity became a strength of ours i think I like to think that they became a strength. I, uh, it may not have. We, we, I feel like after having produced that first one, looking back on it, like I love it, but we realized how much more we could have done with it, mm-hmm. um, and then we tried to do that with the next time, and sure. then the next time we tried to do a little more. Um, but that one, like people still can like, tell us that how great that... I think Joe Moore puts it in his curriculum in oh, class, or he, he has. He's shown that to classes before. As a thing to, because if that if that date is correct and I remember correctly, I wasn't at that theme show because I was seeing Tignataro. Oh, so sorry. That's all right. Yeah, but we did it again at a, at a show or two. Because and I saw it again, at, you know, whenever it was, and I was like, mm-hmm. "What is this?" Like it totally like blew my mind. Yeah, how well it worked. Mm-hmm. It was fun to it was fun to write that in the room of just coming up with gags, uh, and like we call it. We call it a magic trick, mm-hmm. and it's that's phrasing. It's phrases that we use since 2014. Uh, we just try to come up with magic tricks on stage. Um, there was a magic trick in our first show. There was a Jesus sketch that I figured out how to do it, but we didn't have time to actually make it happen. Right. Uh, but that first show, there was an olive. We did a sketch where like the twelve disciples were having their uh, the Last Supper at Olive Garden or the Garden of Olives. Uh, and I figured out a way to make uh, Jesus pour water into the glasses Something and make it turn it. into wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so from then on, I'm like, all right, we got to figure out ways to put magic tricks into our sketches, live, like our live sure. stuff, and the audience is just going to not realize what just happened, and it's it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we keep trying like that. I feel like that's something that we're always striving for as a signature. I don't know if we nail it every time, but we're always trying to make a thing happen. Uh, and th- the interactive videos are one of the ways that we try to make that happen. And that's just entirely necessity because you Bobby usually can't be on stage, so he has to right. Usually, and there was that one sketch where we were uh, we did the monsters under the bed, um, and so yeah. we shot the video. And a lot of a lot of times we try to, we give ourselves hoops to jump through, which is stupid. Like there's I, I, there's ways to the there's ways to figure out like um, there's ways to do magic tricks that are easier than the way we do them. Mm-hmm. But I think the, sitting in an audience watching like the live actors interacting with the video on the screen and knowing there's like a huge chunk of time in the video where there's no reaction, like yeah. there's no no. No dialogue. When there's yeah. no dialogue, and then like a minute in, dialogue happens, and it's on cue. Uh, sitting in an audience watching that and knowing that it's like the 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 performers rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed to make that cue happen on time. Because that talking to Julia as you prepare for mm-hmm. Swedish shows, that's always yeah. her thing. That she's like, I have to get the timing yeah. right. I it's, have to. Like... It's stupid. There's an easier way to do it, but <laughs> the audience knows that you're cheating. Yeah. There's absolutely yeah. And I hate. I hate being in an audience and watching a cheat and seeing it happen. There's also, uh, going back to sitting next to each other in audiences a lot, uh, I don't know how to turn that part of my brain off. Mm-mm. Of Being, I, I being a either. critical producer, I don't know how to turn it off. I can't um, either. And it kind of ruins watching live entertainment for me 
like this past weekend, we went and saw like a Halloween thing at a like uh, it was scary stories to tell in the dark, and and Samantha and I were both like in the audience on the drive home. We're like, so they could have done a better. Like if, <laughs> if I were if I were doing that, here's how I would have done it. And like I can't not. I don't know how to not be that critical producer's eye. Yeah. It must be lovely to sit in an audience and, and watch a thing enjoy, and just enjoy, enjoy it. it in the evening. It must be wonderful. People uh, are propping each other constantly, so <laughs> they must they must sleep well at night. I don't know what it's like to not have that critical thing, especially for your friends. Like, to not be critical of your friends, that must be lovely. <laughs> and, then, and then to not have to tell them about it? Oh, I dr- what a dream. What a dream. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm not good at watching live entertainment, which is also, it's nice that now I live in the suburbs, so I, it's hard to get me to a show anyway. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad as a audience member as a, as a person who could be an audience member I'm, like, eh, I'm not gonna i'm gonna take my shoes off and stay in tonight like i feel bad but i don't feel that bad um this is entirely and so speech is, is finishing yeah so we're finishing um are you about to ask me why no okay i mean I, I thought that question might come up two people on the west yeah, coast there's that's, three people here it's yeah. hard to be quintet we've done we did a couple shows with Mara. When Mara moved to uh, Los Angeles to do UCLA Law School, she went to grad school for law. Uh, that was two years ago, uh, and so we did a show without her. Mm-hmm. We did a couple, like we did a run of shows without her, and that's when we first started. Did we like, did some interactive like videos, Skype conference call. Right, there's a Skype conference call. There was uh, one sketch that I wrote that it was like uh, she she was in a. Um, a video will. Okay. It's like someone's dead on the floor mm. and they find a, a VHS tape and we stick it in. It's Mara. She's presenting this thing. And then, so like that was, that was good. And then Bobby moved to uh, do grad school for acting at UNLV. So now he's in Las Vegas. Mara's in Los Angeles. Uh, now it's just uh, Eric, me, and Julia mm-hmm. trying to put shows on. And it just, once it, goes from five people to four people and four people to three people the as much as they can do via Skype and like they're writing good. a sketch here while they between classes yeah. or trying to like get a video in uh, and doing something interactive uh, it's great but it's still a lot more work on us yeah and again as a control freak <laughs> even that little amount of delegating I do now that it's delegating even less yeah it, it becomes going from 20 percent to 33 percent yeah. of the like, yeah yeah, so, it, and we all have, like, Swedish is everyone's side project. Yeah. Uh, Mara's, Mara's got law school, uh, Bobby's got grads, got UNLV, Eric's got um, comedy sports, Julia's in Barbara Bush, and she was also in, uh, she, she says yes to everything, uh, she's uh, Dog Mountain, and then I've got uh, Secret Pants, and so Swedish started to become like, all right, well, we're not going to meet this week. Um, how about we'll try to meet next week? All right, we're gonna try to meet next week, and it became that thing that I've seen too many other groups kind yeah. of just fizzle out. Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, instead of us fizzling out or getting frustrated at each other because we get frustrated with each other, how about we just uh, pull out the the card just, that we've been sitting in our pocket? And the, let's, the other part let's of the do problem, finale. The let's... other part of the problem, in addition to all that. God, it's so hard to get people to come out to shows. And I, I've already established that I'm a hard person to get to come to shows, so I get it. It's hard to get people to come out to shows. And uh, and so it's it's frustrating to put on a lot of, like I said, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse to get cues yeah. perfect and then have like eight people in an audience. Yeah. Like, oh, well, why do we even bother? Yes, the work ratio, the ratio of work to, I don't want to say like satisfaction does get skewed yeah, the payoff with the payoff lower, for the amount of work yeah, you, yeah. Uh, it's still the people that are in the audience appreciate it but I'd like more, more people, people would appreciate, would appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and so we knew in the in our back pocket if we did a final show people might come to it and you know Secret Pants has been threatening for years as our yeah. penultimate show <laughs> yeah that's a you're, you're our, finally one of our favorite running gags ultimate show like yeah. so so I knew that at the very least, if we could put, and I said this at the top of the interview, 
uh, such a corny phrase, but I can't stop saying it. Putting, hey, let's put an exclamation point at the end of the sentence. Uh, and so, and after watching my favorite group, and she's sitting right next to me, my favorite sketch group to watch was Youth Large, mm. who had just a handful of shows, and then when Goldie, not, yeah, when Goldie moved across the country, being able to have the final, not having yeah. a final show, killed, I know it killed her, and it killed them, but it, man, as like, their self-described biggest fan, ah, killed me to yeah. not get to have that closure. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want that to happen either. Because I even think, I mentioned to you when you when you told me about it back in whenever, like there's a part of me that regrets not being a part of what ended up being my right. group secret. Yeah. My, my, my group's last show. Never like, go on vacation, Josh. I apparently Never not. go like, on vacation. Plan things months in advance. And, right. then... and there's no, it's not like there's any animosity. So... In the future, there could certainly be a reunion show mm-hmm. once everyone's done with whatever they're doing. Yeah. Um, and we're all still friends. We're all planning on meeting for dinner uh, on occasion. <laughs> uh, that's another thing that I stole from Seeker Pants is that we meet uh, at Murph's Bar. Uh, for, yeah, the supper club that Seeker Pants always does. Uh, he's, he's open on Mondays, too. So uh, <laughs> we go on Mondays when we can. When we're not rehearsing for a show, we... Uh, Meet every week at uh, Murph's Bar for fine Italian dining. <laughs> I know that's a bit of an abrupt ending for the first half of this conversation. You get the rest of it in the next episode later this week. Swedish presents their final shows, Swedish, fully accredited, at Philly Improv Theater on November 17th and 18th at 9 p.m. Tickets are available at fitcomedy.com. Also, during Black Friday Comedy Marathon, you can see me host my game show, The Big Freaking Quiz with Josh Hyam, on Saturday, November 25th at 2.28 p.m. I have six great contestants lined up that I'll announce here. Brendan Kennedy, Keen Cobb, Cynthia Marie, Quentin Alexander, Chris Hodge, and Rachel Greenman. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. And of course, like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Now go see some comedy. <laughs>